Broadcasting live to New York, Bloomberg 1130, to Washington, D.C., Bloomberg 991, to Boston, Bloomberg 1200, to San Francisco, Bloomberg 960, to the country, Sirius XM Channel 119, and around the globe, the Bloomberg Radio Plus app and Bloomberg.com. This is Bloomberg Markets. You are listening to Bloomberg Markets. I'm Carol Masser in our Bloomberg 1130 studio, watching shares of Milan. They are trading lower today. We're going to give you uh, some reasons why in just a moment. Let's get back, though, to what's going on in the world of business. Also, what's going on in the uh, Monday trade? Here is Charlie Pellet. And I thank you very much, Carol Masser. Stocks do remain lower. 29 minutes to go ahead of the close on this Monday. The Dow, the S&P, NASDAQ all moving lower. The tech slump continues off our session lows. But NASDAQ down eight-tenths of one. Down 50 points now to 61.57. S&P 500 index lower by 7 points to 24.28, a drop there of 3 tenths of 1%. Dow Industrials down 72, a drop also of 3 tenths of 1%. The 10-year down 2.30 seconds at yield, 2.21%. Gold down 3.30 the ounce to 12.68, a drop there of 3 tenths of 1%. West Texas Intermediate crude up 6 tenths of 1% to 46 13 cents a barrel. On a down day for stocks, General Electric advancing 3.7%. Jeffrey Immelt stepping down as chairman and CEO. Ivan Feinseth is chief investment officer at Tigris Financial. He has a neutral rating on the stock and on Bloomberg Television. He was asked what led to Immelt's departure. Their, to me, their peer group is um, United Technologies and Honeywell. And both United Technologies and Honeywell are up significantly for the year, uh, for the past five years, and off of their 2009 lows. And they are, you know, conglomerates that compete on many levels with GE and seemingly the majority of the business lines in UTX and in Honeywell are all doing very well. So all about the share price, but again, GE shares up 3.8%. GE today winning U.S. antitrust approval for its deal with Baker Hughes to create an oil field services company, this according to a court filing in D.C. And Jimbery, the children's clothing chain that went from a 1970s music and play center to a major global retailer bought by Bain Capital in 2010, has filed for bankruptcy. And recapping, gold down 320 the ounce to 1268, down three tenths of one percent. The S&P down six, a drop also of three tenths of one percent. I'm Charlie Pellet. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. All right, Charlie, thank you very much. Bloomberg Markets brought to you by National Realty, managers of New York City cash flow real estate, providing you 10 to 16 percent annualized returns with immediate monthly distribution. See them at nria.net. This is Bloomberg. We want to talk a little bit about what's going on with Mylan. Uh, the stock right now is down about 2.9%, 3891 a share. This as a major shareholder advisory firm calling for investors to vote to unseat all of uh, the company's incumbent board of directors. Let's talk a little bit more about what's going on. Uh, there's a lot of news, actually, on uh, Mylan. Uh, Cynthia Coons is healthcare reporter at Bloomberg News. She joins us on the phone in New York. So set the backdrop for us in terms of what's been going on at Mylan. Okay, well, it depends on how far you want to go go back <laughs> at this stage, but principally what's happened with Myelin is they have the life-saving allergy shot EpiPen, and right. they have increased the price of that from when they acquired it in 2007, it was around $57 a shot, I think, and now a two-pack is around $600, and basically they did that 
pretty quickly over the course of maybe eight years or so before they started to fall under some scrutiny for that, and they became um, one of the major players that was questioned for their pricing tactics. All the while, there were some other issues going on with how they charged Medicare for EpiPen, for example, what the classification was of the drug, and if the government was getting the right rebates um, for buying EpiPen. So this is a subject of investigation. There are questions about the um, their anti potential anti-competitive nature of how they marketed the product. Uh, so these are some of the different investigations that are swirling around the drug maker at the moment and have knocked some value out of the out of the company based on some of this reputational risk and what might turn out to be fines for right. wrongdoing, but that's that's all sort of playing out at the moment. Cynthia, you're leaving out what would be kind of the New York Post he- headline, and that is the compensation that they pay uh, to their executives. Yes. Well, that's what leads us to today. So um, Mylan's uh, board put forth a composition, uh, compensation package for the chairman that is close to $100 million, and that what represents close to, I think it's $97.6 million to be precise, and that's for Chairman Robert Corey for 26 and this led a group of shareholders, uh, pension fund um, shareholders, to put out a letter and call for that compensation to be voted against, for shareholders to vote against it in the mm-hmm. upcoming annual general meeting and also to vote against some members of the board for this reason, but this has actually spiraled into something much bigger. And what happened today is proxy firm ISS, which is a very influential player in this space, have recommended shareholders do not reelect a single member of the board that's already been there. So there's one member that's a new member being elected to the board, but the rest of the members are all up for reelection. And ISS took the rather unusual step of saying do not reelect any of these board members. They have not had good corporate governance. They have not done, um, they've caused reputational damage to the company. And this pay packet, again, they consider it to be egregious. So that's basically what's happened today is ISS has put this call out to shareholders to say, don't let this board continue to run this company. I mean, do analysts think that this is a good company? And the thing about Smile is a complicated company. For a long time, it looked like EpiPen was the vast majority of their sales, although they never broke it out that specifically. It was never really possible to see, but they did break out a division that represented EpiPen. And so for a period of time, it looked like, wow, they're so heavily leveraged to this one product. No wonder they're raising the price. They depend so much on this. They have since done a very good job of diversifying the business. So Mylan has a generics business in Europe, and they have a business in Asia, and they also own more of their supply chain than a lot of other companies in this space, so they have more control over quality. And so there are reasons to believe that what Myelin can do as a drug maker and as a generic drug maker does make them very competitive. However, this WPEN thing is hanging over their head. Right in a number of ways. And so the fines associated with this and the reputational damage, how they weather it, is going to be really telling. There are other things, though. I mean, Mylan, generics companies don't suffer reputational damage quite the same way a branded drug maker might. Mm-hmm. Um, you might get substituted into a generic drug, and you're not necessarily at the pharmacy counter making a choice over taking a Mylan drug or a Teva drug the way you would be over taking maybe a, a branded drug maker's drug where you might know the brand and you might go to your doctor asking for it. So to some extent, the way their, their reputational damage plays out in their sales, it's not as direct of a line as you might think, and they do have a very diversified business in, in, in other parts of the world, but then that also raises the question, how do governments want to deal with them? So it's a complex story. It's not a, yeah. it's not a, it's, it's, it's hard to say for sure that this is, which piece is, 
how how much weight any right. one of these pieces carry in the whole Mylan story, really. Right, but it's tough when you've got people kind of breathing down your neck at this point and, and maybe activists kind of pushing you to do stuff. Ten seconds, what happens next? What should we be watching out for? Well, June 22nd is the day of the vote, and mm-hmm. so the reality is Mylan has become a Dutch company, and they have a very right. difficult structure to penetrate, so they have to get two-thirds of shareholders to vote against these board directors and against ah. the pay packet, and that's really hard to do. I mean, these yeah. big institutional shareholders are not known for taking stances like this. Well, we know so, you'll be watching it, that's for sure. Cynthia Coons, thank you for getting us up to speed on that. Healthcare reporter at Bloomberg News. Let's get a check on your latest world of national news headlines. Once again, over to Nancy Lyons in our Bloomberg 991 newsroom in Washington. Nancy. Thanks, Carol. A second appeals court is blocking President Trump's revised travel ban. Today, the U.S. Court of Appeals in San Francisco concurred with a May ruling by an appellate court in Virginia that Trump intended to discriminate against Muslims from six countries he targeted in the executive order. The administration has appealed to the Supreme Court to have the ban reinstated. New legal trouble for President Trump. Maryland and the District of Columbia filed a lawsuit alleging that President Trump's business entanglements have undermined public trust and violated constitutional bans against self-dealing. Bloomberg's Irv Chapman has more from Washington. The suit was filed by Maryland's Attorney General Brian Frosch and Carl Racine, whose Attorney General's office in the District of Columbia building is a Pennsylvania Avenue neighbor of a five-star hotel. As I look out the window and see the tower of the Trump International Hotel... We know that foreign governments are spending money there in order to curry favor with the president of the United States. The lawsuit accuses the president of violating the anti-corruption provision of the U.S. Constitution, which reads that no office holder shall accept any present emolument, office, or title of any kind whatever from any king, prince, or foreign state, despite which the kingdom of Saudi Arabia, for example, has spent hundreds of thousands of dollars at the hotel. Irv Chapman, Bloomberg Radio, Washington. Global News, 24 hours a day, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Nancy Lyons.